prepare the way. Prepare the way. Prepare the way. Christ is coming.
Friends, if we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, our God is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Let us go before the throne of grace with humility and confidence. Creator God, not a day goes by when you do not invite us to be peacemakers and advocates, listeners and good Samaritans. Not a day goes by when we are not asked to be a friend to a stranger and a neighbor to those in need. Not a day goes by when we are not asked to be the people you call us to be. And yet, day after day, we lose sight of your hope for this world. Forgive us for walking a different path and grant us the strength to prepare a new way, your way, here. Gratefully we pray. Amen. and will not be afraid. For the Lord God is our strength and our might. God has become our salvation. Welcome to worship. Welcome to the Kirk. Welcome home. Good to be with you. It's good for us to be together this the second Sunday of Advent. If you're visiting the Kirk here for one of the first times, I would like to offer a special welcome to you. And I uh, hope you'll visit with us at our Connect Station, which is out these doors and to your right, down, down the cloister. At this time, if you wouldn't mind, we do have friendship pads in the pew. Uh, if you wouldn't mind, like I said, filling those out and passing them along. Let us know you're here. Help us to welcome you better. Uh, that would be greatly appreciated. So uh, a few announcements this morning. I wanted to let you know that 
our uh, service challenge uh, accumulated with the help of six churches in the area and a goal of 7,000 hours, 6,700 hours of service in the month of November. It's a great, great effort. Uh, of course, if you have hours and you still want to submit them, you can. Maybe we will we'll reach that 7,000-hour goal. But I'm awful proud of this community. I'm proud of uh, Pastor Fernando and his leadership in not only bringing this community together and being outward-facing, sharing the love of God um, as a group, but generating interest with other churches in our community and helping us all to be together in serving God and serving one another. So thank you, Pastor Fernando, and your team um, for that effort. I want to also invite you all to a special Advent coffee hour downstairs. I walked in this morning. It's so beautiful. There are all these creches that people have brought in um, from their homes and, uh, and are sharing them for everyone to see. So coffee hours downstairs, Apostles Tower and down the stairs. And you can see these creches. And there's also going to be activities for families uh, down there in Heritage Hall. So I do hope you'll stop down and take a look. Be community together. Uh, an announcement about the business office. I put this in the, um, in the church bulletin as well. And we are having a transition in the business office. Uh, last summer, Jane Zellers, our business manager, announced her retirement. And as a result, we've been in a process of trying to discover how to fill that uh, void in our staff. She's done amazing work for us for a long time. And we've learned some things. And if you'd like to hear about some of the things that we've learned, you can visit with me at 1020, from 1020 to 1050, uh, next Sunday. That is between services in the St. Andrew's room. So if you're interested in that kind of thing, let's sit down and talk, and I'd be happy to share uh, where we stand with that. The Advent Choral Concert is tonight. Online ticket sales have closed for this crowd-pleasing event. Uh, featuring part one of the Messiah, but don't let that stop you. Tickets are available tonight at the door. Uh, Please check out this morning's newsletter for information on the Carol Festival on December 15th and service of Lessons and Carols on December 22nd. And I would like to share, because I'm kind of excited about this, we're doing something a little bit different. On the fourth Sunday of Advent, we're actually going to give you a mini Lessons and Carols. When you come to church on Sunday morning, on the 22nd, that's the fourth Sunday in Advent, um, you're going to get a, a taste of that Lessons and Carols uh, program that will be, that will be uh, performed in fullness that night. Uh, finally, uh, you want to do something cool this Advent and meet some new Kirk members too, join us as we participate in the Beaumont Hospital Moonbeams for Sweet Dreams event on Thursday, December 12th. Check out the At the Kirk again for more details. These are the announcements. I am happy that Tina Rowan from Accent Pontiac is here this morning and will offer a faith in action. There she is, right in front of me. Good morning. morning. Three years ago, the Kirk launched its very own nonprofit organization, 
Accent Pontiac, a social change through music program in Pontiac, Michigan. My name is Tina Rowan. I am the executive director of Accent Pontiac, and I'm happy to be here with you guys today with five of our amazing Accent Pontiac students. We are now in our fourth year of Accent Pontiac, and we have grown to serve over 250 students each week with up to four days a week of after-school music programming. And we are serving students in Pontiac who, while talented and enthusiastic with amazing creativity and energy, otherwise may not have the opportunity to participate in music education. So again, I am excited to be here with five of our Accent Pontiac students, and they may look familiar because they come about once a month and they sing with the Kirk Choirs. This is something that was new to our uh, program last year. Uh, so Mondays, Tuesdays, and Thursdays, these students come to Accent Pontiac programming after school to play uh, brass instruments and percussion instruments. But on Wednesdays, we have amazing volunteers from the Kirk who pick these students up at school and drive them here for choir rehearsal. And through all of the music programming that these students get, they're learning life skills like public speaking, which you're about to see in a minute, uh, teamwork, and confidence. And one activity we like to do with our Accent Pontiac students is have them create a hand. Can you guys show them your hands? And on these hands, they write down five things that they are really proud of about themselves or five things that are really important to them. And so we're going to have them share that with you right now. Hi, my name is Diani, and I play the euphonium. And these are five things that I'm grateful for. Music, singing, dancing, family, and friends. Hi, my name is Annalia. I play the euphonium as well, and these are the five things I'm grateful for. Singing, family, accent, Pontiac, friends, and school. Hi, my name is Kiel, and I play euphonium, and these are the five things that I'm grateful for. Friends, family, church, music, and singing. Hi, I'm Malcolm. I play trumpet, and these are the five things I'm grateful for. Helping people, playing trumpet, make people happy, and friends and family and living. Hi, my name is Martin. I play the euphonium. And the five things I'm grateful for, singing, rapper, backflips, family, here to help anyone who need it, and for God giving me a life in his world. And as you may have noticed, while well, every single student up here said something relating to music, whether it's Accent Pontiac or the instrument they play or singing or dancing, they're also mentioning things like friends and family and church and helping each other. Uh, in Accent Pontiac, we are creating amazing, well-rounded students, and it has been such a joy to watch them grow over the past four years. And so I want to point your attention to a few other ways that you can continue to support Accent Pontiac students. Uh, number one, you will see a bulletin insert from Accent Pontiac today. Our winter showcase is on December 19th, where all of the students in our after-school program will perform. The students up here will perform on their brass and percussion instruments, um, and all of the info is in that bulletin insert. Um, also on the bulletin insert, there is a save the date for our May 30th fundraising event. Last year, many of you joined us for our Music at the Market event, and we hope that you will join us again for Talent at the Treasury this year. 
And finally, in the next few days, look for a mailing that will have the annual report from our last year of programming, and it'll show you pictures and all of the things that Accent Pontiac students have been up to in the past year. Uh, the Kirk is truly making an impact in the lives of students in Pontiac through Accent Pontiac. So thank you.
I would like to invite all the children to come forward for the children's message. What's up, guys? Make yourself at home. Good morning, everyone. Morning. Buenos dias. Buenos dias. Nice. I, I see that the parents are teaching you the primary language of Spanish. That's important. <laughs> you all are... Uh, so I would like to ask a few questions, and all I need you guys to do is raise your hand. Ready? But I haven't answered the qu asked the question yet. Yeah. <laughs> Who clean, don't worry, mom and dad won't look at you, I promise. Who cleaned your room this morning? Okay, two hands, two hands, all right. Who did your bed this morning? Uh-huh. Who took out the trash? Yeah? No, all right. Who put up the Christmas tree? Uh-huh. You already did that? How many? One or two? One. All right, cool. Cool. So I have two around here. So it's really interesting because I remember my mom, when uh, I was little, uh, and actually my wife today, but you don't tell her I said that, but whenever they, we had guests over, or when we were getting ready to receive guests, they were... Uh, my mom would pull out all the sanitizing, the mop, the broom, and give everyone in the house directions on what to do and what to clean. The house had to be spotless. The room had to be done, even though if no one was gonna go into the rooms, but still, beds had to be done, the rug had to be vacuumed, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So why do you think that is? Because the house had to be ready for guests, right? And it didn't matter who it was, we always had to clean up the house to be ready for whoever was coming. Now you imagine if we were getting a visit from like a queen or a king? That would be pretty special, right? No. Yes. The answer is yes, guys. Yes, yes. Smile not. Yes. Help me out here. Well, guess what? The scripture talks about someone named John the Baptist. And he was kind of like my mom because he was announcing to the world, hey, we're getting some really, a really, really, really important visit by someone. That's not just anybody, but it's the king of the world, the savior of the world. Now, John wasn't telling people to go clean their rooms, but he was telling people to prepare their hearts and be ready for the king to come uh, and visit us. So what John was telling everyone was like basically to ask for forgiveness of sins, to pray to God, and be really ready for this king. Who do you think this king was? The baby Jesus, exactly. They had been waiting for a long time, so they had to make sure that, we, uh, that they were ready for the arriving of the king. So that's why we celebrate Advent. Last week, uh, Pastor Angela did an amazing job at teaching us a little bit about Advent and how every week we kind of prepare the way for receiving the baby Jesus. So 
Today and throughout the rest of the week and uh, until Christmas, I encourage you all to prepare our hearts to clean up whatever we have to clean up to get ready for the baby Jesus who will be born soon. Amen? All right, so we're going to pray, and we're going to pray the prayer that, we ta- that we've been learning throughout the last week, the Lord's Prayer. You guys ready? One, two, three. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. The eye is the kingdom, the power, and glory forever. Amen. Amen. Can you go with your teachers? I like your shoes. Those are cool shoes. This morning, our scripture reading comes from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 3, verses 1 through 12. In those days, John the Baptist appeared in the wilderness of Judea, proclaiming, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. This is the one of whom the prophet Isaiah spoke when he said, The voice of one crying out in the wilderness, Prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight. Now John wore clothing of camel's hair with a leather belt around his waist, and his food was locusts and wild honey. And the people of Jerusalem and all Judea were going out to him in all the region along the Jordan, and they were baptized by him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. But when he saw many Pharisees and Sadducees coming for baptism, he said to them, You brood of vipers! who warned you to flee from the wrath to come, bear fruit worthy of repentance. Do not presume to say to yourselves, we have Abraham as our ancestor, for I tell you, God is able from these stones to raise up children to Abraham. Even now the axe is lying at the root of the trees. Every tree, therefore, that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. 
I baptize you with water for repentance, but one who is more powerful than I is coming after me. I am not worthy to carry his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand, and he will clear his threshing floor and will gather his wheat into the granary. But the chaff he will burn with unquenchable fire. Word of the Lord. As we enter into this time of prayer, I'd like to remind you all that we are a Stephen Minister's congregation. And if you are in need of confidential one-on-one -on -one prayer, a Stephen Minister will be glad to pray with you and for you uh, in, here to my right after the worship service. It will be a responsive prayer, so when you hear, Lord, in your mercy, we all respond, hear our prayer. Lord, in your mercy. Let us bring the needs of the church, the world, and all in need to God's loving care, saying, Lord, in your mercy. God of heaven and earth, through Jesus Christ, you promise to hear us when we pray to you in his name. Confident in your love and mercy, we offer our prayer, Lord, in your mercy. Empower the church throughout the world in its life and witness. Break down the barriers that divide, that united in your truth and love, the church may confess your name, share one baptism, sit together at one table, and serve you in one common ministry. Lord, in your mercy. Guide the rulers of the nations. Make them to set aside their fear, greed, and vain ambition, and bow to your sovereign rule. Inspire them to strive for peace and justice, that all your children may dwell secure, free of war and injustice. Lord, in your prayer, in your mercy. Hear the cries of the world's hungry and suffering. Give us who consume most of the earth's resources the will to reorder our lives, that all may have their rightful share of the food, medical care, and shelter, and so have the necessities of a life of dignity, Lord, in your mercy. Restore among us the love of the earth you created for our home. Help us put an end to ravishing its land, air, and waters, and give us respect for all your creatures, that living in harmony with everything you have made, your whole creation may resound an anthem of praise to your glorious name, Lord, in your mercy. Renew our nation in the ways of justice and peace. Guide those who make and administer our laws to build a society based on trust and respect. Erase prejudices that oppress, free us from crime and violence. Guard our youth from the perils of drugs and materialism. Give all citizens a new vision of a life of harmony. Lord, in your mercy. Strengthen this congregation in its work and worship. Fill our hearts with your self-giving love that our voices may speak your praise and our lives may conform to the image of your Son. Nourish us with your word and sacraments that we may faithfully minister in your name 
and witness to your love and grace for all the world. Lord, in your mercy. Sustain those among us who need your healing touch. Make the sick whole, give hope to the dying, comfort those who mourn, uphold all who suffer in body or mind, not only those we know and love, but also those known only to you, that they may know the peace and joy of your supporting care. Lord, in your mercy. O God, in your loving purpose, answer our prayers and fulfill our hopes. In all things for which we pray, give us the will to seek to bring them about. For the sake of Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. join me in prayer. God, our creator, you bless us in so many areas of our lives. Help us to have eyes to see and hearts to understand the depth of your love and blessing. Today we give out of that blessedness all that we are and that which we have so that every heart today might experience your unending love. In Jesus Christ we pray. Amen.
Friends, as we, we look at where, we're, where John the Baptist is leading us here on the second Sunday of Advent, I want to remind you of what was happening in the first Sunday of Advent. We had Psalm 122, which is one of the Psalms of Ascent. And we remember how the psalmist was so glad when they said, let us go to the house of the Lord. And we talked about how no matter where you are in your life, you're invited on this journey. You're called out of wherever you are into this pilgrimage that we call Advent. And here in Advent 2, we find John the Baptist saying, you're invited, but you have to do something if you want to come along. There's some part of this that you have to commit to, some change that maybe you even have to make if you want to be part of this journey. Let us pray. Shatter the silence, mighty God, with your glad and glorious greetings. Banish all our fears and give us faith in Jesus Christ, the risen Lord. If there is anything said from this pulpit that is against your will, let it come to naught and do no harm. But if there is anything said from this pulpit that is according to your will, let it be heard as if sung by the voice of angels, that hearing we might believe and believing obey. Amen. It is early on in my ministry and I am leading a mission trip to my hometown in the state of Maine and it is our off day meaning we get to take a day of rest and the youth and the adults were all headed to the lake my wife is there on the mission trip as well and she has my two daughters with her one is five and one is only three weeks old She's driving in our family car up ahead of us, and I'm in the church van behind, leading the, the youth through my hometown. I've seen this Farmington roadside go by thousands of times, so I just tell the driver to stay straight on Route 4 until we get to the next town. I'm coasting. Just like any of you would be coasting if you drove through your hometown. I sit back in my seat and I casually chat with the other passengers. We see the McDonald's go by and then this empty lot that used to be a car dealership. And then the town credit union goes by. And then as we come up on the diner, my eyes are caught onto the spinning of police lights. You know, the blue ones. And there, in front of the diner, I see my wife. She's running with purpose behind the car to the back seat where the three-week-old baby is strapped in. The police car is behind hers, 
And the officer stands there with his hands on his hips, looking helpless. An ambulance brackets the vehicle in the front. Panic shoots through me. That's my wife, I say to nobody in particular in the van. We need to turn around. All of the worst scenarios are going through my mind. Did Lily choke on something? Was there some kind of accident? This, the baby, she's so fragile. Is everything okay? And I turned around. We turned around. Anyone would, right? Who would just keep driving? More people should turn around. We just keep driving. But more people should turn around. When it comes to talking about faith, we like to talk about how everybody has choice. We really like to talk about free will, accepting the gift. We like to talk about this especially when it comes to whether or not we are part of God's plan. The truth is, you don't get to choose whether or not God loves you. But you do get to choose whether or not you will turn around and live into that love. You don't get to choose whether or not God loves someone else. But you do get to decide if you're going to be part of helping people to turn around and live into that love. That's what John the Baptist is up to. He wants people to turn around and live into the kingdom of heaven that has come near. He says, repent for the kingdom of heaven is near. He, Matthew puts this Greek word, metanoia, into John the Baptist's mouth. The word gets translated as repent, and we burden that word with all kinds of shame and guilt. But really, metanoia simply means to turn around, to change your mind. Meta is change, and new is mind. Change your mind. Take on a bigger mind. Go in a different direction. That's repentance. That's what metanoia means. It reminds me of the Hebrew. The root for repent in Hebrew is shuv. And again, in the Old Testament, shuv is used to invite people to turn around. Do you remember in the Old Testament, Pharaoh and some of the other unsavory leaders are all called stiff-necked? Not kind of a weird way to diss somebody? You don't hear that on the playground, you know. You're stiff-necked, man. <laughs> but it simply just means that they were unwilling, because their necks were so stiff, to turn around. 
to take on a different direction, to live into the possibilities that God hoped for their life. But who really wants to turn around, especially if you're Pharaoh? Why would you want to turn around? If you've got a plan and you've got the power and you've got the stuff, why would you want to turn around? I mean, if you have that, you may be like, I don't really need that in my life. But if you have that, you also know something else, and that is your plan and your power and your stuff, they're not giving you what you really need in this life because what we really need, what most of us are missing out on, is peace. In who among us wouldn't turn around, even if it meant giving up the chance to be Pharaoh, if it meant peace? Turn around from temptation, and you will have more peace. Turn around from impatience. Patience the people you love, maybe even the person you're sitting next to in the pew, patience with yourself, turn around from that and you will have more peace. Turn around from the need to control. Any of those people here today? Turn around from the need to be right every single time. Any of those people here today? Turn around from the need to get the last word. Any of those people here today? And you will have more peace. You will. Turn around from the desire to acquire everything you think everyone else has, and you will have more peace. Who among us wouldn't turn around if it meant having more peace in your life? The people of Jerusalem and Judea would. They came out, came out from their homes to meet with this man to hear what he had to say, this startling character, John the Baptist, looked a lot like Elijah, and the way he preached reminded them of him too. The scripture reads, Now John wore clothing of camel's hair with a leather belt around his waist, and his food was locusts and wild honey. And then the people of Jerusalem and Judea were all coming out to him. They wanted part of this. The mood of the time was ripe for a voice like John the Baptist. It was a confusing and exciting religious time. Religious leaders were exerting monstrous authority and... Self-dubbed prophets and messiahs were, were starting up and, and trying to capture everyone's attention, but there was something different about this one, John the Baptist, as he called them out into the wilderness and invited them to repent. Why did they go? With all the rest of it going on, what was so different about John the Baptist got them to leave their homes and take that dangerous journey out into the wilderness. They had to go. Imagine if they hadn't gone. 
what might have gnawed at them about not going. Imagine if they hadn't turned around. Had they ever, would they ever have found a way to embrace the peace that was offered to them in their lives? And this is something we have to ask ourselves as we go coasting through our lives. Not just, boy, I wish I had that peace, but am I going to regret that I never turned around to try to find it? They needed a turning point moment in their lives. Imagine if I just kept going on that day in Maine. Imagine how the questions about my family would have gnawed on me all the way to the lake. Imagine my restlessness about the state of my wife and the health of my child. Imagine if I hadn't turned around. It would have felt, maybe it would have felt like some people feel even now, it would have felt like my life was about to burst. That's how life is before repentance before metanoia, before you shuv, before you turn around and take on a bigger mind, it, it, it feels like you're going to burst. But on that day in Maine, all those years ago, I did turn around. In fact, I made the whole band turn around for the baby. Now, as most of you know, my wife and I spent three years in New Jersey during our seminary time. It's amazing what three years in New Jersey can do to change a person. <laughs> Seems like the Farmington police officers frown upon Jersey driving in their fair city. The story goes that our newborn, Lily, worked herself into such a crying episode that Ari lost concentration of her speed. She was near the diner when the cop pulled her over, so she pulled into the parking lot and just happened to pull in behind an ambulance. <laughs> Evidently, the paramedics had the audacity to go out to breakfast that morning. She left with a warning and all would be well, but in my mind, I'd created this scenario, right? That there was something that just, I just had to be there for. I had to turn around, and if I hadn't gone, I would have burst. I had to be with the baby. I had to see her. I had to turn around. How many of us are looking forward to the manger? How many of us are grateful for the commitment of Joseph and Mary? How many of us are reliant on the ministry of the one who will one day trade the swaddling clothes for a crown of thorns? How many of us are coasting through hometowns with way too much on our minds and need to turn around for the baby? God loves us so much. God loves you so much. Even with all that you hold inside of you, all that... that knotted ball of jitter that sits in your throat or the 
cloud of poisonous restlessness that sits in your lungs or that sandbag of angst that, that hangs out in your stomach. God loves you even with all of that. And he wants peace for you. And each of us will have a different combination of resources that we need to find that peace in our lives. And we'll need help from people, our community of faith, sometimes medicine, to find peace in our lives. But there's also part of it that's up to each of us individually to make a choice to turn around. Not, in, not to make God love us, but to live into the way that God loves us. Which, with everything else going on in our lives, is pretty difficult to swallow. Like, I have to do that too? And so he sent one of the most startling figures he could think of, this man, John the Baptist, to meet us out in our wilderness and say, maybe it's long past time to stop coasting along with all that gnawing you have going on in your life, the gnawing that you've begun to believe is just normal, and turn around. Turn around because there are a lot of things that can wait in this life, and life is really short, but one thing that can't wait is peace. Peace can't wait. Amen.
God loves us so much. You don't have to make a choice for God to love you. But there is a part, there is a part for you in living into God's love. What do we need to turn around from? That we might more and more experience the kingdom of heaven that is very, very near. As you go today, may you love God so much that you love nothing too much. And may you fear God enough that you fear nothing at all. And all God's children said, Amen. Thank you.